What's up, girls, guys, gays, and theys? I'm Beth. And I'm TJ. Grab your bottle of wine and put your lawyer on speed dial. This is Nightmare on Girls Night. Sunday Scaries Edition. Spicy. I panicked. Well, how long has it been since we last recorded? Yeah, we took a spring break. We did. Welcome back. Thank you. This is Nightmare on Girls <laughs> Thank Night. Thank you as if you said it to me. I kind of did. Welcome Thank back you. to the both of us. Perfect. It's Sunday? It's Sunday somewhere. Yeah. We will, <laughs> at this point that you're listening to this, be in on our road trip. Yeah. We'll be on the road. On the road again. I just oh, I can't remember the lyrics. The yeah, that was such a missed opportunity. Shrek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yes, welcome back. This is Nightmare on Girls Night, where we talk about all things true crime, everything spooky, kooky, ooky. Yeah. Giving you goosebumps on a Sunday. Yeah, taking away that existential dread. And this is the launch since our refresh, where mm-hmm. now we're going to do... Next episode will be true crime, and then the next will be a Sunday scary. So we're mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth, changing yeah. the pattern a bit. Yeah, and you'll get one Saturday one week. You'll get your Sunday scaries the next Saturday, yeah. Sunday, Saturday. Bouncer Sunday. back and forth. Keep it on the weekend. Weekends are fun. Well, that's when all the nightmares on girls' nights happen. Uh huh. Right. We haven't had a girls' night in well, we're about to have a long. girls' week. So I can only imagine we'll come away with a couple how my lives of our own. I probably I should knock on wood. Actually, that was very. very that was not great. <laughs> I get like PTSD from people knocking because my dog will just freak out. Oh. So even like when I'm in a meeting, my boss likes to knock on wood a lot. Like a yeah. oh, I should knock on wood. And it stresses me out because I immediately cringe. That's for, a like, trauma the, response. It is. It definitely is. Add it to the list of reasons I need therapy. <laughs> I'm just keeping a running tally behind me. Yeah. <laughs> all of the things, all of the things that TJ needs therapy for. We've talked about it on this podcast before, so I feel I like. I actually stopped going to therapy. Did you? I didn't. You're fixed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm fixed. I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> no, I just, I don't think I knew what I wanted out of going back to therapy. Yeah. So I just stopped. Because yeah. I feel like yeah. you need to have some sort of purpose. Or like a, not necessarily a goal, but yeah, but a, yeah. I mean, a goal. Also, though, I don't necessarily think you do need a purpose. You can just want to go to keep your shit in check. Mm-hmm. I don't even go, so I don't know why I'm coaching <laughs> on why people should go. She's a therapist. <laughs> do not listen to me, uh, but but um, listen to yeah. us. But also listen to but listen to us. But don't, don't listen listen to us. So uh, I had asked pre-recording and now I'm asking again though because I wouldn't let you answer have you caught up on Vanderpump yes okay but when this releases the the next episode yes will be, will be out and they're just building up oh, on this Sandoval drama yeah. and every time I watch an episode I want to punch him in the I, face I, I can't stand yes. him he's so passive aggressive he I, I the word is overused but he is the number one gaslighter and I think all of the land yeah and then the snippets they released of like the next couple episodes 
Where he's like, oh, I would have broken up with her anyways. Yeah. It's like, then why didn't you? That's like, such that's such, such backpedaling because now you don't want to look like the bad person yeah. because you were going to break up with her yeah. anyways. Yeah. And when they showed Kristen. Oh, I know. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I know. <laughs> Honestly, the whole, I, I wish they, the whole crew, like I want to see Jax, mm-hmm. I want to see Stassi because I'm re-watching from the beginning now and mm. it is, cr- but also now that I'm watching from the beginning, I'm realizing how much I've hated Tom the whole time. Yeah. Like, he's such a dick. They're both terrible. They are. I hate the Toms. Boycott the Toms. Right? Our Cheaters and Scumbag shirts came in, so I we'll know. be wrapping those on our road trip. I've been wearing them. We'll post it on our Instagram. Yeah, we will. Maybe you'll see our face. Oh. <laughs> no, it's too soon. Oh. You, you don't know want what? to give away too much. <laughs> you know what I was looking at today? What? Top haunted places in BC, and I was trying Perfect. to see if we were going to hit any of them. We should. And then we can talk about it. Yeah, because we're taking you on the road. We are taking you on the road. So today's topic for Sunday Scaries is... Aliens! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I cannot. That was really good, though. Thank you. Okay, so I have some statistics. Oh, we're back to the ASMR. Okay. I don't have my Aperol spritz. Okay, so... A national survey revealed that 1 in 10 Canadians claim to have seen a UFO and 65% believe intelligent alien life exists. Whoa! <laughs> bad. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Okay, but what do you picture when you think of aliens? Okay, there's so many conspiracy theories out there about what aliens are. Are we the aliens? Oh. Are deep. Yeah. There's like all of these crazy things that I think about, but mm. I I don't necessarily think that they look like the gray skinny, right. even though in my one of my stories Same. that's how they describe it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I definitely believe in aliens. I mean what it wasn't NASA, it was somebody released that there mm-hmm. is extraterrestrial life. life. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I know. I've never seen anything. Okay, so this is my thing. Because when I picture aliens, I picture what the movie Signs depicts, which I know you've never seen it. So when we're on a road trip, we're going to watch it. Okay. Um, Because that's what I picture. Are they green? They're like, um, they're like, well, these ones in in Signs, Mm -hmm. they like can change color. Ooh. So... Like octopuses. Yeah, they like blend in with their surroundings yeah. almost. But they're they're scary looking. Whereas like in the stories I brought, mm-hmm. they are depicted as like the short, large head, big eyes, spaced out, you know, skinny lint, like E.T.-esque. Yeah. yeah. Which to me is not frightening. No, they're cute. Yeah, you want to like hug them. Yeah. Take them on a little journey. Let me into your UFO. <laughs> but whereas like the signs is like... Some fucked up shit yeah. that I don't I don't want to go into that. I want to Google with you. them. Can I Google them? Yes. Okay. Ugh. Let's see. Oh, that? Uh-huh. They look like humans. I know. That's what I mean. Oh, I can't wait to show you the movie. Oh, my God. So Are, do they actually wear tinfoil hats? Uh-huh. That is iconic. It's such a good movie. I cannot wait. I haven't seen it in years, but it's one of my favorite scary movies. Okay, so some more statistics, though. Among the thousand Canadians that were polled, like I said, more than half believe in UFOs, while majority 65% believe in intelligent extraterrestrial life. 
The belief that aliens exist is more prevalent among men, apparently, at 70% than women, which was 61%, and among millennials, which was 69%, and Gen Xers, 71%, and then boomers, 58%. I wonder why more men than women. I know. I know. I kind of... Well, it's funny because... I would have thought more women, but then I also think to all of like looking up on these stories. Mine are all men. (laughs) And yeah, mine aren't all men, but all of the UFO researchers Mm. I looked into were men. Okay. So then it makes sense. So then a little bit more, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. It said, according to the survey results, close encounters of the alien kind are most likely to happen in the prairies. Mm. 16% of Saskatchewan and Manitoba residents claim to have seen a UFO. Compared to only 10% of Quebecers, 9% of Ontarians, 8% of Albertans, 7% of British Columbians, and then 5% of Atlantic Canada. Do you think it has? Yeah. Do you think it has to do with like the terrain? Okay. Well, that's what. Yeah. Like wheat fields. Yeah. Right. Crop circles. I know. Signs. Signs. See, everything leads back. Everything. Maybe true story. I know. So. Yeah, I just thought it was a little interesting that only 7% for yeah, BC. BC. That was a little odd to me because yeah. I feel like BC is very, you know, Into, progressive. and I guess we have more like um, wildlife. True. Kind of like Sasquatch. Also like not the best terrain to land a, a UFO. Yeah, or a no. Spaceship. Where are you going to land it? Mountainous. On top of a mountain? Maybe. But you know what's Maybe. also weird? And this is really... So... BC's like slogan is like supernatural British Columbia, which what? is like weird to me because they mean like super space natural oh. as in like mm. mountains, but it's on all their welcome signs. But I'm like, you read that together and I automatically think like supernatural, yeah. like spooky phenomenon, paranormal. Isn't oh, that odd? Maybe odd. that's subliminal messaging. I think so. Maybe I that's why we so live here because it's super It's natural. brought us here. It has. It's drawn us in. So I'm going to talk about Travis Walton and his alien abduction. Mm. Mm. At the age of 22, Travis Walton was working with a logging crew in the Apache Sit Graves. Did I say that right? I have absolutely Probably not a clue. <laughs> National Forest near Herb, Her, Heber? Heber? I really should have looked these up. I didn't see any of those names. So Arizona. These two better... On November 5th, 1975, with six other co-workers. <laughs> they had super long days out on the land and were always exhausted at the end of them. At the end of the day, sorry, at the end of their day in November, they come down an access road, which was heavily forested, and they come across a flowing light through the trees, which piqued their curiosity and led them to check it out. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the truck was a bit on edge about it, but they followed it into the uh, clearing in the forest They initially thought it could be a group of hunters, nothing out of the ordinary, just like lights in the forest. Would you have followed it into the forest? Probably not. I know, me either. No. As they entered the clearing, the glow got quite bright, and Walton described it as a soft golden haze, Mm -hmm. like less bright, more of like a glow. Mm -hmm. He stated that the craft was metallic in color and a classic disc shape and hovering above the ground. Walton jumped out of the truck to see what the object was. He was frightened and curious. The object, or the craft, then started to move and get louder in a thunderous sort of rumble, feeling it more than hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) Dislike. His co-workers then started yelling at him to get back into the truck and get out of there. 
He then jumped behind a log to duck for cover and somehow got closer to the object, about eight feet away. And this is where a strong electric energy hit him and he blacked out. That's what he assumes happened. The co-workers stated that they saw a beam of light that knocked Walton about 20 feet away, which terrified them and caused them to peel out of the clearing. Someone eventually convinced the driver to turn around and go back for Walton, but when they got back there... There was no Travis and no object yeah, I don't in the that. clearing. Mm-mm. The group of co-workers immediately went to a payphone and called the sheriff's department in Snowflake, Arizona. And they told the sheriff's department that they need to get over there and that their friend Travis Walton was missing. Now, the group was visibly shaken up, but both Sheriff Martin Gillespie and Sheriff Ken Copland show up to take their statements. One of the co-workers tells the sheriffs that there's been an alien abduction and that Travis had been taken by a UFO. Mm. Of course, the sheriffs sheriffs were skeptical and asked to check the truck, pointing signs to the men harming Travis Walton. Why would you turn, why would you immediately go turn yourself in though? I don't, exactly. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, but I get it. When somebody comes to you and an alien took my friend. Sure. Yes. I get it. Yeah, you're um, high. <laughs> you're on acid. Yeah. <laughs> Hours later, a large search party had been created to look for Travis Walton. All of the men, the coworkers, are questioned and asked to take polygraph lie detector tests. A quote from Walton at a conference from 2018 states, quote, Every single person had passed a test from one or more. At the time that the crew passed, the president of the American Polygraph Association said that although, although no one test is 100%, the odds of six people passing tests right. on a single issue, um, the odds of there being any error in that sort of a test would be over a million to one. Right. Yeah. Um, so that six people that have witnessed the incident, they've never changed their stories and they commit that they all witnessed the exact same thing. Next thing they know, it's been five days since the disappearance of Travis Walton and he shows up out of nowhere. Here is what Travis states happened to him in the five days that he was missing. Walton had woken to immense pain, lying on his back on a raised table. The beings around him looked like they were medical professionals wearing a mask (laughs) and coats. God. He believed he was in the hospital. When he comes to a bit more, he really notices that these aren't human beings. Walton described them as having very large eyes, gray in color, hairless, nose, mouth, but they didn't have any sort of, like, expression on their face. That's creepy in itself. I know, just expressionless. Yeah, I don't like expressionless. Because humans are so, like, our body language is how we speak to each other, you know? Travis then ends up freaking out and lashing out at these people or beings, whatever you want to call them. When the beings eventually end up leaving, he decides to look around and ends up in another room with no doors, no handles, and no way he can see to get out. No. Eventually, a man, in quotes, shows up in the doorway that he just came from, which relieves him that there's a human being there to like talk to and help him out. Um, the human never spoke to him, grabbed his arm, led him down a hallway, and essentially to like a hangar full of other spacecraft. They eventually get to another room with three more human-like beings. Again, he's relieved, thinking he's being saved. They then force him onto a table where he's forced to wear a gas mask, and that's the last thing he remembers. Oh, God. 
Now, Walton was interviewed about his story on a Netflix docuseries, Top Secret Ooh. UFO Projects, okay. Declassified, and he states that he believed the aliens meant no harm, and they mm. were just trying to save his life, being that he got too close to the object's electromagnetic field, okay, and took him to resuscitate him from the harm of it. Interesting. So, essentially, he died yeah. from whatever right the energy. radiation energy whatever and so yes. he thinks that the beings like took him on we're like ah fuck <laughs> fucking hell we've been <laughs> sitting here humans. taking a rest and this goddamn parasite comes we gotta save him <laughs> exactly the next thing walton remembers was waking up on a roadway just outside of heber arizona trying to find a working phone mm. he used a phone booth to call the operator to connect with his family who then reported it to the sheriff that he had been found. This phone booth has now been turned into a tourist attraction. Oh, that's cool. With a wooden alien beside it, Aww. like the green yeah. aliens. Classic. Um, and a mural on the building next to it. The mural's like a, your classic spacecraft with a beam. Right. And yes. like a human being sucked <clears throat> up into the beam. Walton was dealing with a ton of, it, of media exposure and was told to be very careful of who he talked to and what he said as there's been stories of documentation disappearing and people accusing you of being quote-unquote crazy. Was this a warning of people trying to hide what really happened? Yeah. That's exactly where my mind went. Yeah, Why would people tell you to be careful if you're telling these stories and that they might just disappear and you might have no documentation that this is what you reported? Um, after this event, none of the seven crew members kept in touch or Aww. really talked about the event ever again. They've all been interviewed and done right. like docu-series. Um, Travis Walton is really the only one that still actively talks mm. about it. He was on Joe Rogan not that long ago. Oh, crazy. Um, and his, like his story through every single thing that I watched is the same. Yeah, it doesn't it's change. It's consistent. It doesn't change. He yeah. believes the same thing that it wasn't harmful. They weren't trying to harm him or take him. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and at that point, it's like, you would just, if it was fake, Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody at some point would have gotten drunk, said something like, oh, we made this up. There's seven of them. There's no way seven of them and one hasn't blabbed that it was all a hoax. What do you think about him seeing, like, people on the spacecraft? Oh, like, I am a firm believer that the government is totally in connection in communication with extraterrestrials. Like, I full-on believe there's collaboration. Yeah. And I think there's more than what we know. 100% believe that. You know what I thought? I thought they, when he lashed out at them, they oh. panicked and then disguised themselves as human beings. I don't beings like that, To though. make him feel more comfortable. Yeah. And just, like, go along with what they I mean, wanted. super kind but also, I don't like that the possibility that aliens can disguise themselves as humans. Shapeshifters. Right. I hate that. Yeah. I literally hate that so much. I really do believe, though, mm-hmm. that our government, there's... Well, they've already said... Collaboration. That they know that they're out there. So what are they hiding from us? 100%. What's in Area 51? I tried to do research on Area 51 to bring it, but it's so tight-lipped that mm-hmm. it's like... You better be careful. I know. Some things I was looking at and I was like, should I be looking at I know. At I'm this? like, am I going to get... Are the men in black going to show up at my door? They might. <laughs> so, mine is about a woman named Karina 
Siebel's or Sables. Okay. It's from British Columbia. Ooh. I just like to say. So the apparent abductions, plural, of Karina Sables is perhaps one of the most controversial and outlandish claims on record. Even within the UFO community, it would appear that opinion is very much divided as to whether the accounts are genuine, horrific, and ongoing, or whether it is one designed to generate income, fame, or both. Okay. That isn't to say that Karina doesn't offer proof of her encounters with the presence of physical injuries and markings of her experiences. And what's more, many of the memories she has since recovered match many other similar claims of alien abductions. Mm. Right down to the chilling realization that such events likely began with the abductee being a young child and that it actually ran through her family going back generations. No way. So there's multiple accounts. So Karina claims she was a victim of kidnapping three different times. Kidnapping in quotations, abductions. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, every time she is abducted, there is missing time. In some cases, there were actually other eyewitnesses as well. For example, in July of 1991, Karina and more than 15 other eyewitnesses saw what she thought was a spaceship hovering over her home. So this mysterious phenomenon, like I said, occurred on the evening of Wednesday, July 17th, 1991. Karina and her boyfriend saw an unidentified flying object hovering over her house in Aldergrove, British Columbia, which is about 20 kilometers southeast of Vancouver. Okay. Uh, at the time, she and her boyfriend were discussing plans to get married while enjoying some drinks on the terrace of their house. It wasn't long into their evening when they felt a vibration, and to the point that a drink sitting on the a table was also vibrating, and a child's soccer ball even began to roll off the deck because of the mysterious vibration. Whoa. Both of them began to feel very strange. Karina looked up and saw a large black object hovering in the air above her house. At that time, Aldergrove did not have a large number of lights from the city, so as a result, the stars were very visible. But what they saw afterward could have terrified anyone. This thing was the size of a football field, it, oh my God. if not bigger. It was camouflaged. They could see what shape it was only because it covered the stars above them. Whoa. There were no lights, no sounds. It just floated and then froze in place and began to slowly descend. At that moment, her boyfriend, frightened, ran into the house and Karina stayed on the terrace and looked at the object without taking her eyes off until it disappeared. A minute later, her boyfriend came back out of the house and he started asking where she had been for the past hour. What? He claimed that he was looking for her near the house, in the house itself, and even in the woods, but could not find her anywhere. Oh my god. Karina did not understand what was happening. He, She was assuring her boyfriend that she had been there for only a couple of minutes and was standing on that deck watching what was happening in the sky. He showed Karina the clock and only then did it convince her that a full 45 minutes had passed. Not two minutes, as she had thought. Oh my god. So, an hour of her life was simply gone, and she remembered absolutely nothing from it. And it is unknown where she was at that time, or what she was even doing. So, this, like, time dilation yeah. was something that Travis also talked about. Okay. Because he was missing for five day right? days, and yeah, he said days. it... <laughs> and it didn't feel like it was that long. Right. But it okay. also reminds me of our last Sunday scaries when we talked about, I told the story about the girl that got lost in the woods. Yes. And she didn't yeah. know that and she felt like it was like amnesia. Right. So it makes me think, does that have anything to do Are with they connected? extraterrestrial as well? 
that wilderness. I didn't even think about that because yeah, that one she she was missing for what two days, but it felt like forty five minutes yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole amnesia or like loss or missing time really freaks well, me yeah, out. Yeah, because you're like, what the fuck was I doing? Yes, it's so scary. Yeah, and like especially in this scenario where he's like. I literally went inside and then I couldn't find you. Like, he checked the forest. He checked... Like, where the fuck did she go? The terror he must have felt. Yeah. So, the next few days, Karina was tormented by bad thoughts. She decided to call the Vancouver Planetarium and find out if they had received similar calls with similar stories about what had happened. But she was told no. They did give her the number of the UFO Research Center, though. And she was actually accepted by a UFO researcher from BC named Martin Yasik, who is also an engineer. However, from the information provided by Martin, Karina actually found something beyond her expectations. It turned out that there were several other eyewitnesses who also reported that they had witnessed a UFO or what was believed to be a spaceship or similar interstellar object. But what is clear, according to eyewitnesses, is not considered to be from human civilization or human technology. Whoa. Yeah, don't like it. And according to reports received from eyewitnesses, the shape of the object resembles a boomerang or, as some may say, an isosceles triangle. Okay. The observation occurred around approximately 10 p.m. And within just a few days, UFOBC and UAP, which I believe is unidentified... Unidentified Aerial Phenomena that's Task right. Force. Yes. And the UFO observer community studied the sightings in more detail. Surprisingly, according to Karina, it turns out that more than 15 people had seen the mysterious large object without lights that was floating that night. The mysterious incident that Karina experienced with her boyfriend on the terrace of the house was not the first time something like this happened to her, though. As a child, in October of 1969, she also lost time playing with her friends. She said that as a child, she played hide-and-seek with her friends at night on the edge of the city forest, which was near her house. When it was her turn to watch, she felt that it had become very lonely in the forest, and so she continued to kind of panic and look for her friends, but she did not see any of them. Suddenly, she saw a bright yellow light above her. She got scared and ran, but the light followed her and chased her. Finally, Karina stopped and looked at the light. Karina believes that this is when, this is the time that she became kidnapped and begins to experience the phenomena of lost time. Hmm. After that, she kept running to her house and noticed that her whole family was outside and her parents were crying. As it turned out, her family and all her relatives thought that she was missing and they were very worried because they had been looking for her for a very long time. All of her friends who played with her had already gone home hours ago to their parents. Again, as in the story above, Karina did not notice the passage of time, thinking that only a few minutes had passed. She was quoted saying, I still have no idea where I was or what happened, but some time definitely fell out of my life. Wow. Hate it. In 1991, about a week after the lost time on the deck of her house, Karina was again surprised by the appearance of a creature that, in her opinion, was an extraterrestrial or extraterrestrial being. One night, she woke up and saw through the light coming from under the door a shadow flashed in front of her bedroom. Which alone is terrifying. Yeah. I don't like seeing shadows move. Karina got up and opened the bedroom door. When she looked into the guest room, she saw an extraterrestrial being in her house. Ooh. Thin, white-gray, with a large head and eyes, a small and snub nose, small mouth, only about three feet tall. Okay. E.T. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love E.T. E.T. Phone, phone home. home. 
It seemed to Karina that she had been ex- seen exactly such a creature somewhere before, so like it was familiar to her. Hmm. She believes that it was aliens who abducted her and perhaps the memory arose from when she was under a hypnotic influence and then this like deprived her of consciousness during the abduction. So it's like her subconscious coming through. Right. Karina saw that the creature could disappear and reappear. Ooh. I know, right? The creature came to the front door of the house and then disappeared out of nowhere. She chased after him and opened the door, but the creature disappeared. Then Karina immediately ran to her child's room and was glad that they were still sleeping. I use the word they in there because some stories say it's a son and some say it's a daughter, and I just can't figure out which it actually is. Okay. So there is only one child, but I use they. Physical traces of abduction began to appear on her body. She found that she had marks or strange scars that didn't exist before. For example, there was a mysterious scar on her leg in the form of a small circle or dot. Hmm. When she went to the doctor and they decided to scan her whole body, it turned out that not only that, and after conducting a CT scan, strange things were also found on her knee, especially on the inside, though. Wait, like there's things inside of her body? So they found a strange mark and scars on the inside of her body. What? There was also a strange injury on Karina's head. None of these injuries or marks, however, could be explained by the doctors. How this mysterious, and this is the weird part, they call it a mysterious object that was on the inside, but they never say what much it was. further what it was. <gasps> so they say Are they how, keeping it under wraps? I, right, 100%. <gasps> how this mysterious object or mark got there, how it got inside, how it all happened, the doctor could not give her a satisfactory answer. Her child began to be visited by extraterrestrial beings as well. They began to report that they also saw aliens in their room. Karina realized this when she entered the room while they were busy drawing. Karina looked at what her child had described on the scraps of paper. They drew an extraterrestrial figure that was exactly the same as she had seen. She asked, what is this picture? And they replied, oh, it's a picture of a white ghost. They said that this creature sometimes came to them, but they were a little bit scared, but the creature never harmed them. Right. The second picture is almost the exactly the same as the first one, but there were stripes on the face. Karina asked again, what is this? And her child and her child replied, very matter of fact, this is a picture of the doctor. This time, Karina was surprised. How her child was able to draw in such detail and almost exactly to what she went through. When the missing time happened, Karina was not fully aware, but she could still remember and see. So basically this like brought up Again, her subconscious. Yeah, it like triggers yes, her like childhood trauma. So Karina thought that everything she was going through up to this point was just a hallucination, delirium, or a dream. But the pictures that her child made were the exact same. That's so sad that mm. she has to think that. I know. Like what she experienced was not real. Yeah, because, you convince yourself you're crazy. Yeah, because everybody else in your life does. As right? A, as a child, you yeah. think that is all real. Yeah. And then the adults in your life say, no, 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 no. no, no. no. You're crazy. Yeah, what you saw is not yeah. right. Like g- great imagination. Yeah. It's like, no, there's a fucking alien in my room. <laughs> it's in your house, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. You should probably do something about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gonna die. <laughs> Uh, Karina noted that when she was kidnapped, she really did see a doctor, and a, which was a thin man, thin built man with wrinkles on his forehead, exactly the same as her daughter's drawing. Because remember, she had stripes yeah. on her. Karina said that when she was abducted, she was on an operating table, which was in a large room. Several times, the doctor approached her. It was from here that Karina remembered what the doctor looked like. From there, the memory returned more and more over time. 
In this room, she also saw large test tubes filled with what appeared like liquid containing embryos, Hmm. but she wasn't sure what kind of embryo it was. Throughout the years, this is weird, Karina had been having mysterious pregnancy problems. Oh. During pregnancy and for several weeks, the embryo would simply disappear without a trace. Shut up. This was experienced not only by herself, but also by her biological mother, who told her that when she was pregnant, the embryo in the mother's womb sometimes would disappear without a trace. What the fuck? Like disappear and then reappear. This became strange for both the medical experts and Karina and her mom. According to doctors, when pregnancy occurs within a few weeks, and even if there is a miscarriage, the embryo cannot simply disappear. It still has to form and still has to be expelled, but it cannot disappear without a trace. I literally have goosebumps. I know. So, according to Dr. David M. Jacobs, a researcher of the phenomenon of... I I hate that word. Phenomenon? Phenomenon. Of alien abduction for more than 25 years. In almost all of these cases, abductions occur over multiple generations. And they all have the same markings. For example, there are usually signs such as bodily injuries from when, when they are abducted, memories of lying on operating tables, and several creatures examining them. And around her, the abductees tend to see or sometimes see test tubes with mysterious embryos and other instruments. Everything is exactly the same, even though they have never seen each other, talked to each other, or spoken to each other. Talked and spoken is the exact same fucking thing. (laughs) Anyways, said the doctor. (laughs) Are you Uh, sure it's a doctor? (laughs) I don't know. They failed English. Oh my god. Could you imagine, though, if the doctor you were seeing was an alien and you didn't know that? Oh, another incident occurred shortly after midnight on July 31st, 2003. According to her report, Karina and her friend, known only as Jane Doe, would make a last minute decision to drive to a quiet spot in Glenmore, British Columbia. Although the traffic was relatively busy initially, especially for such a late hour, it would suddenly decrease shortly after and almost disappear after they chose a spot to pull up on the road. So it's like all of a sudden shit got quiet. Mm. Karina was using the flashlight to highlight the stars above while her friend was using binoculars. With only a few seconds, she settled upon three stars up in the sky, which were clearly in a strange triangle shape. The stars were extremely bright and a solid white. Then they began moving together as one object. The two women reasoned with each other that perhaps it was a plane. Of course, they quickly dismissed this idea. Planes didn't stop and hover, and the lights were now changing color to a neon green. Then it came to stop once more, just above the now very lonely and quiet highway, which I think is like gross and creepy all on its own. It is. I Yeah. Big old note. Karina reached for the car's headlights and switched them off. She would take the flashlight and swing its beam around the area around them. She was looking for any wild animals that sometimes lurked in the area. As the beam broke the darkness of the road ahead of them and under where the lights were hovering, both women could see five sets of eyes looking towards no. them. No! I know. <laughs> oh my god. At first, she told herself these were indeed a pack of wild animals. She would then state, though, once you really look, your brain just takes it in. Mm. In front of them, heading their way, were five creatures around four feet tall with thin gray shoulders topping an equally thin frame. I just picture them, like, all... I know, like, I know, but, like, We scurrying. have come to take you. And they're running, and they're like, wait! <laughs> a surge of fear rushed through her, so much so that she began to struggle to breathe. She urged her friend to get in the car. However, as both women struggled to do so, everything went into slow motion. 
both felt as they as though they were moving through quicksand. Despite this, they eventually reached the car and slammed their respective doors shut behind them. However, 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 <laughs> the windows were power operated and so the engine had to be started to close them. Finally, amid all of the vehicle's electrics, electronics, electrics, going nuts, the engine started. Karina pushed the button to bring the windows up and then sped away from the area, turning around in the middle of the road and had, heading back the way they came. After several moments, they realized that increasingly more traffic was starting to appear around their car. What? I know. They asked each other where this sudden array of vehicles had suddenly come from, and perhaps most importantly, why there was no traffic only moments ago when the strange creatures were heading towards They them. were the only ones on the highway. Yeah. Ugh. Then, as she guided the car down the highway, she would state to her friend that she had the weirdest feeling as though there was electricity running through her body. Whoa. As if she was zapped by a charge from a battery. Jane, more relieved than unnerved, relented. She had the same feeling as though she was hit by an electric charge. However, when the two women suddenly noticed the clock on the car's dashboard, they both froze momentarily. They had only been out of the car a matter of minutes, not even five. However, according to the time, almost an hour had gone by. Wow. Time that neither woman could recall. Wow. The two women would begin to discuss if they might have shared a strange hallucination or if they had simply imagined the whole thing. However, as they neared home driving along a road next to a large field, the glowing neon green ball appeared again. Ugh. This time, very low in the sky, it would move and then stop and then move and then stop and it did this several times. Eventually, Karina would bring the car to a halt, although the engine remained running. Almost as soon as she did so, the object began to approach at rapid speed. And it was directly over the top of their vehicle. Ugh. She pressed down hard on the gas and the car sped away. But instead of remaining on the road, she took the vehicle into an or orchard. Orchard? Like off the road. Yes. Carefully negotiating between trees. Eventually, she brought the car to a stop. And with no lights and the car's own power switched off, it was her hope they would remain basically unseen and hide. Wait, did you say negotiating between trees? Ne ne wow. I am glitching. She's hold on alien. navigating does it say it says negotiating it does i don't want you tree i want you tree no not you tree <laughs> you tree <laughs> negotiating with the trees could you move please if you could just move over there that'd be great <laughs> sorry i let you finish oh and God. i had to go back <laughs> it's like when i said 9 11 <laughs> They remained silent for several minutes. Then Jane alerted Karina to look out the front window of her car. High above them, there was not only one green light. Three of them now hovered overhead. <laughs> I'm glitching. We have okay. the giggles. All right. At that moment, when the object... Nope. <laughs> there was three green lights. Okay? At that moment. At that, <laughs> at that moment. I actually think... That you might uh, be beamed okay. away soon. I Just take me now. Take me now. Taking their chance, Karina turned on the engine and sped away. This time, they would arrive at home with no further incidents. However, they would make more startling discoveries. After a short discussion of the night's events, the two women would go to their beds and attempt to get some sleep. However, upon waking the following morning, they would discover strange markings and bruises on their bodies. Karina, for example, would find a large bruise on her left boob. Oh. It says breast, but I hate that word. Oh. Yeah. Her left boob. Boob. Did they For both have one on their left boob? Furthermore, after feeling discomfort, she would find a similar one on the underside of her foot. 
Both were extremely painful to touch. While the two women sat drinking coffee shortly after waking, Jane exclaimed how rough she felt that morning. A stream of blood started coming from her nose and onto the table below. Oh, no. I know. As her friend pressed a towel to her nose, Jane also claimed her lower back was in a lot of pain. When Karina examined it, she discovered a circle burned into her skin in the lower middle back area. Oh. After informing Jane of her own bruise marks, they further examined Jane's body, and they discovered similar bruising to Karina's, but also, in addition, three strange finger marks on each of her thighs, which I just fucking hate. Oh my god. Like, it's like in those scary movies where they wake up and it's like a ghost has grabbed them. I hate that. Incidentally, Jane was visiting Karina from nearby Abbotsford, which we'll be driving to. In light of the recent events, she would decide to head home several days early. Upon arriving back home, she would see her local doctor regarding the still constant back pain. When examining the strange burn mark on her back, the doctor claimed it to be similar to a radiation burn. What? Yeah. When Karina's 18-year-old child came to stay with her several months after the sighting, she would notice something on their back that would fill her with horror. Something that would not only cause her immediate concern, but would remind her of her own experience as a young child. On their back was a bizarre triangular mark with strange circular marks within it. When she was 12 years old, she would notice one random morning that a similar scoop mark was there on her leg. She couldn't help but feel the markings on her as a child and those on her child were way more similar than just coincidental. What made her even more concerned was when her child was only nine, a small hole was discovered in their spine due to a mysterious infection. What? One that would take months of antibiotics and treatment to combat. With this in mind, she would take them to seek medical attention regarding the strange scoop marks on their back. However, despite intense examination, the doctor could provide no further explanation for the marks. That's so frustrating. Or their sudden appearance. Interestingly, Karina would notice how that morning when leaving the house, she noticed how the tops of the trees near her home were also yellow, like they were slightly burned. Oh. I know. It would seem like many other cases of repeat abduction, if we accept without question that Count is genuine for a moment, that her child is subject to the same abductions by the same extraterrestrials. It is highly likely that Karina's own parents, and perhaps even theirs before that, also experienced such incidents whether or not they were aware of or even acknowledged them. It is a detail that suggests monitoring of certain bloodlines, genes, and entire generations of families, which, like, I would also be super curious to, like, ask further because she says, like, her mom, like, had a lot of those experiences, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. Did I, they, yeah, it's like, did they just pick one family right? and consistently with yeah. the women? Yeah. Because I read another story where a friend was staying at another friend's house and they awoke to their friend being carried out of the room by what looked like an, like an alien. Yeah. And they ran after the friend and the dad or grandpa, I think, that was there was like, no, no, it's okay. They'll bring her back. What? Yeah. And it's like the whole fucking family Knew. was in on it and was like, no, no. And he literally was like, no, no, they'll bring her back. And... The friend returned. Isn't that fucked up? I know. That's crazy. So what is also of particular interest in Karina's story is that UFO sightings in British Columbia or Canada as a whole were at their highest levels for years. In the final days of July and very early August of 2003 in the British Columbia area, a sudden surge of UFO sightings occurred. Hmm. Special services became interested in these events. The mysterious phenomenon had attracted the attention of several private institutions, communities, governments, intelligence agencies and the armed forces 
Karina was interrogated in several communities, filled out programs on television and radio, participated in government agencies, research, and was tested for mental issues and also tested on a lie detector. Hmm. But the psychology and lie detector tests all concluded she was being truthful. Wow. One particular sighting, similar sighting during this time, involved a resident from Kelowna. Uh, she claimed that on the evening of July 31st, 2003, she had gotten out of bed at some time after midnight from not being able to sleep. It was particularly warm that evening, so she went outside into her yard for some fresh air. As she was looking at the night sky, she focused in on a bright light that at first appeared to be a plane. However, she quickly realized it didn't move like a plane, and it was almond-shaped and glowed a luminous green. Mm -hmm. She also noticed, bizarrely, that while only moments earlier, she could hear all the usual sounds of the night coyotes, insects, and even distant traffic. As the glowing green craft went across the sky, everything became absolutely silent. She would describe describe it later as if someone had clicked off a volume switch. Whoa. Obviously, like, these very, these sightings vary and some of the details vary, but there's a lot that are very similar to Karina's account and during the same time period. Right. So that's the story. Wow, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. I hadn't either. And the fact that it's in BC. Yeah. I know. Okay, I have to say something and I might just cut this out. But when I was a kid, I would have these moments where it was like my hearing would change. And it would be like I was talking so slow. But everyone I would ask, they would say, no, you're talking normally. But it was like in my head, I was (laughs) talking extremely slow. (sighs) And I couldn't get it to stop. And I didn't know how to stop it. That's wild. And that's something I think about all the time. I've asked so many people, did this happen to you? Did you ever feel these things? And I always get a no. I'd be so curious, like, what what that what what would cause that no fucking clue because i mean you hear about which like i think we said we would talk about like the triangle like different triangles but there's like some accounts where people will be standing in the forest and it's the same like all sounds get shut off Mm -hmm. i hate it because that's straight out of a horror movie i would feel like i got i went deaf yeah but the feeling of like like talking oh that's so it was so weird how old Uh, and like reoccurring like multiple times it was like for like a period of my life maybe like two three years i must have been like i don't know seven eight nine that's creepy and yeah it was weird creepy okay that was that was it that was our alien sunday scaries yeah don't forget to check us out on instagram nightmare on girls night and our email nightmare on girls night at gmail.com send us your stories and Send us your How Am I Lives because yeah. that's what we're kicking off next episode. We'll bring you a true crime and a How Am I Live. Yeah. Is it your turn or my turn? I did Clifford Olsen Jr. Oh, yeah. Part one and two. If so, you haven't listened to that, go back. Yeah. Because that was good. Go back, but then come back. Yes, please. To our next one. It's my turn. Yes. So we will see you next Saturday. See you Saturday. All right. Remember, all good... <laughs> Why did I... Remember! <laughs> Oh, she got a hand on him. Remember, remember, all good stories start with the girls' night. But not everyone makes it to brunch. See y'all. Oh, fuck.